Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Strista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Strista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges in the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, AJ and Vincent chat with Faraba Zamanian, VP of Advanced Media and Advertising at TiVo. She talks about how TiVo is more than an original DVR service, and how they utilize data to evolve and change the world of entertainment access through television. AJ's wrist heals steadily, and Vincent is feeling below average. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. You're hearing my voice. That must mean one thing. It's me, Vincent Petrofessa, the vice president of B2B products, and still interim general manager of access b2b we'll see stay tuned to see if i'm still the general manager don't worry about it. either way i'm fine here at starista we're doing some great things first of all who is starista let's talk about that real quick pause for a station identification as they say in the business i suppose i don't know starista we are a marketing technology company that focuses on identity we own our own business to business database our own business to consumer people utilize us to target those databases to get new customers to upkeep their current CRM. We send email marketing. We own our own DSP called Adster. So we could do connected TV, OTT. Email me at vincent at starista.com if interested. So many people have already emailed me to tell me good things about the podcast, to tell me maybe other things you want to hear on the podcast. So great. We appreciate that. And I appreciate this next person. He's my co-host. You know him, ladies and gentlemen. He is my CEO, my commander-in-chief, as I call him. Ladies and gentlemen, from San Antonio, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. It was uh, starting to go a little bit crazy with my uh, wrist since I can't play tennis. So I uh, tried playing. Well, I I didn't try, but I I was going to go support our indoor volleyball team. Uh, but turned out we showed up on the wrong day. We showed up a week early. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's that's we're ready. Obviously, the team is is ready if you show up. How is the wrist going? We, you know, for for those of you who are listening on the podcast, you know, AJ and I, we talk about our ailments a lot. My arm is still broken. I'm healing like I'm a 96 year old man, <laughs> and I'm not 96. And AJ had an operation on his wrist. That wrist is very important, ladies and gentlemen, because. Hey, he signs my checks with that wrist. And also, uh, no one actually signs checks anymore, do they? But he also is one of our star tennis players. Uh, represents the Starista Bandits. Tell me about the wrist, AJ. It's, uh, it's, uh, I think I'm healing like a 28-year-old, so a little bit better than you. But... <laughs> Rubbing but, it in. You know, he is yeah. not 28, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening. He's not, he's not so far, far from it. <laughs> well, closer to 28 than you are. Yes, very true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's uh, coming along, but unfortunately, can't really do anything for another couple of weeks. So um, it's uh, driving me a little stir crazy. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's kind of like when we were, you know, in the beginning where we were kind of figuring out what to do and, hey, we're, we need to go out there and, and meet people and make people laugh or just say hello to people. And then we're like, well, let's start this podcast. And we did. March of 2020, and now we're well over 100 episodes. We continue to get 
amazing guests. Thank you so much. And that is my segue into this next guest. So every once in a while, I shouldn't say every once in a while, you know what? Our team says, hey, you have got to talk to this person. She is amazing. You, you know, that's coming from Hamid Kayyum. That's coming from Brian Gold. And then I met her and I was like, wow, we have, have to have her on this podcast. She is from a company called TiVo. You've heard of TiVo. We're going to get into that. I love TiVo. I had it, but I want to talk. She's going to talk about just more than what other people may know about TiVo. Uh, so much more than that. Please, ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome, a fellow New Yorker. She's the VP, Advanced Media and Advertising at TiVo. Please welcome Faraba Zamanian. What's going on, Faraba? Hello. Hey, everyone. It's so great to be here. I love your energy, Vincent. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. At least someone loves it. Like I said, it annoys. You should see my wife in the morning when I'm just like, it's a good morning. She's like, what's good about it? The kids wouldn't sleep last night. But no, I appreciate that. I have extra energy this morning. You know, we're recording this on a Friday, but it's early. And I'm just happy that you're here for so many reasons, Faraba. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. Let's get into it. I love your title. Uh, it's, I think, that one of the first of its kind of that <laughs> title. So I would love to, let, let's get it right out of there. Like TiVo, people know of it, but I'd love to talk about TiVo, what you're doing there, kind of your day to day, your title, and, and give us an overview of TiVo as you know it. Yeah, no, I, it's one of my favorite questions, Vincent, because I, I've been with the collective organization for 12 years now. Um, kind of hard to believe when you think about it. It's like, whoa, 12 years. But um, it's it's a brand that so many of us know, uh, especially you know when you think about TV and its evolution over the years, especially right now, which is such an incredible time. It's so exciting and. Um, TiVo is, you know, you kind of get the warm and fuzzies when you hear the name TiVo, especially for those of us who've been around. It's an iconic brand. Uh, it, it's synonymous with entertainment, you know, enjoyment, which is what we all love, right? We, we are so consumed with content. And thankfully, the marketplace is giving us this incredible content that we're just eating it alive, right? We can't get enough of it. Um, and TiVo has been a brand that's been there and on the forefront of technology that's been bringing this entertainment experience onto your television screen, whether it's the main one in your living room or in your bedroom or in the playroom. Um, and what I think is the biggest misconception of TiVo is that although it is our most beloved product, which gives us this you know, synergy with the name and that, and that love, is the DVR. You know, that's our claim to fame. You know, we brought it to market over 20 years ago. And um, I'm incredibly proud of that development because if you think about what we do today behaviorally, we want to watch programming when we want to watch it, right? When we want to go into now with streaming and all the great content that's available for paid services and free services, we want to watch it when we want to watch it. And that's really what the DVR set out to do over 20 years ago with this new technology that was enabling you to record your shows 
and watch them when you want to watch them, right, on a delayed basis. And fast forward 20 some odd years, here we are in that same context, which is what TiVo's really been in that, uh, in that space of enabling and building technology that enables consumers to find, watch, when they want to watch that favorite programming, um, regardless of your demographic, you know, uh, older consumers and households with kids. It's that experience, which is really the basis of our company, is what it's been all these years. And it's been about technology. And that technology has really evolved well beyond the DVR, even through to today. Um, it's just that you may not see us on the screen, um, white labeled was what we kind of reference, but our technology is on the back end. So we have metadata that fuels what goes into a program guide. So if you're surfing through a guide, looking for programming that you wanna watch, all of those tiles that are in that guide is populated by data, which is fueled by TiVo. And fast forward again into today's world where you're looking for and searching for shows that you wanna watch on your media player or even on your pay TV service, that search and recommendation technology is also powered by TiVo. So that is enabled for pay TV services like your cable company, as well as streaming devices. And um, we've gotten even more advanced. We've had several um, acquisitions as many companies have evolved over the last decade or so. We too have undergone lots of change. Um, and we're really focused on now bringing that entertainment experience through products that are um, similar in innovation to what many households have. We introduced a media player last year called the Stream 4K. So think of it similar to uh, a Fire Stick or uh, a Roku device, dongle device. Um, that was our entree last year. So bringing your favorite shows into one screen when you're searching for something to watch, which I know we'll talk about a little bit is one of the frustrations that comes with all this incredible content is how do you find that uh, in an easy format? So TiVo is um, right now in the process of helping consumers uh, pass through that pain point. And we've got some more exciting things to come. Um, we introduced our TiVo Plus, which is enables consumers who subscribe to TiVo to be able to aggregate all that free content so without paying for a service, we reference it in the industry as Avon, which is advertising supported video on demand. So we have a, a tech software that basically brings that into one screen, enabling you to find what you wanna watch without having to pay for it. So lots of great things um, and uh, well beyond our heritage as the DVR company. Yeah, wow, that's, that's why I wanted to, you to talk about it because it is so much more but you know looking back at that heritage the first really i think i remember whoop, whoop, with the with the yeah. noise and everything yeah and just having that and and that's interesting to see because you're like well you see other you know you see that in programming guides but hey you may not know that might be tivo fueling it so it's well so thank you tivo for doing yeah. that, that technology i remember the first time i had it i had it through a cable company 
that is already installed in it, RCN. I don't know if we can mention yes. that or not. Good. Yes, R but sure R can. Good. <laughs> RCN is a, is a great, uh, did great by me uh, many years. They're a great uh, company. Regionalized, I think, right? For those, yeah. us New Yorkers here, you don't uh, have access to that great uh, there, AJ in San Antonio. But uh, it's, I would love to hear about that. That's awesome. And so, Farah, but the next question is, we love to ask in the marketing stir, so many marketers listening, yeah. how did you get into this business? How did you get into marketing? Well, I, I wish I could say it was like, oh, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life when uh, I uh, was a, a wee teen. Um, but to be honest, um, I, I went to Ithaca College, Ooh, Ithaca. Yeah. Um, you know, it was an amazing experience and a, um, a university that uh, actually had a very strong presence in marketing and media communications. They have the Roy H. Park uh, group. And, and I kind of knew that, you know, I, I guess I should stop and kind of play back a little bit about myself and, and a little bit of background is that I'm a first generation, my parents are immigrants, um, uh, Persian, Iranian descent. And um, they were, you know, here well before the revolution. And one of the things that um, they were incredibly excited and enjoyed doing with their children as they were in this, you know, in America, and, you know, all of the opportunities was consumed by entertainment. Uh, going to movies, watching television programming, I was captivated by television and I loved advertising. I loved watching the ads as much as I did the shows. Like we were a traditional household Sunday nights. We'd sit down, watch Solid Gold and Donnie and Marie and all those. Yeah, I'm dating myself, but you know, just want to say uh, we were really into it. And I I knew when I was, I, I graduated with a marketing degree in uh, Bachelor of Science, and I knew even early then that advertising and entertainment was um, an inspiration to me. Now, how I fell into marketing really was by chance. Um, I didn't know what avenue, it was also a recession. Um, I actually got an opportunity to join uh, the Nielsen company which back then was owned by Dun & Bradstreet. But many of you know, Nielsen's been um, the measurement company tracking currency of ratings, um, which is the basis for how advertising dollars are determined. And um, I started basically in the research side of marketing. And that's been the foundational element for me is really that quantification. I love quantifying things and understanding behaviors because I assimilate them to my own. Is that, well, I like to watch this stuff when I want to watch it and, and this much of it. And I, I found this, this passion in bringing my own interest into my, my work. And very at that very early stage was really about understanding the impact of advertising and working with Nielsen um, gave me that great foundation of really understanding the importance, not just to me, but in a, a much broader scale. Um, and then really, I, I had the good fortune of working with other marketing and research firms, such as the MPD Group and Ipsos, had a couple of startups, but all throughout, 
um, I was charged with um, being able to build products that enable the uh, or support the planning and activation of advertising and that and building those products from scratch and having responsibility, not just for product development, but also how am I going to scale and bring that product to market and leverage my expertise, but also still be incredibly driven by the fact that this is advertising and programming. This is fun. This is the stuff we love. Um, it just was very endemic and got very, uh, got my juices flowing and, you know, X number of years later, I'm not going to tell you the total, um, but you could probably gather because I gave away with my solid gold viewing behavior, on Sunday <laughs> night, uh, which was, by the way, one of the best shows ever, um, is, uh, is really kind of how I got my entree into it. And fortunately, I've worked with great uh, companies and in, in the last 12 years with TiVo, really bringing that passion to fruition. And um, yeah, here we are today. You know, it's kind of funny. All three of us went to college in upstate New York. So I went to uh, St. Lawrence and Vincent went to uh, SUNY Oswego. So, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. are the odds, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so on kind of the uh, advertising line, uh, you know, data has obviously been a big part of uh, what TiVo does. So wow. what are some of kind of the data innovations that you have seen and undertaken in your role? So glad you asked that, because I, I think that when we think about where we are today and the and digital um, access to video content. Um, digital is driven by data and think of it all happening in a big machine in a warehouse. Um, and what uh, my, how I came to be at TiVo was actually because of data um, and the transformation that was happening in the industry as we think about how advertising plans are created and then actually executed used to be done by very manual processes. Um, and I came to TiVo with this advancement that was happening that was actually the basis of one of, or actually a byproduct from our DVR technology was the ability to passively capture data from the set-top boxes where our software is, is integrated to be able to think of it from 10,000 feet to observe when, what, how much is being consumed, not just the programming, but also the commercial airings that happen within. So this was revolutionary because as I mentioned, Nielsen, Nielsen's method has historically been and is still today, the basis of it is panel-based. Right. So you opt in to essentially participate. It's a microcosm of the US. It's a smaller sample, like less than 25,000 households across the US, which is incredibly sound. And I'm not dissing them for that because based on where we were with technology, it was truly revolutionary and um, invalidated. But here we are with now this big data that's now seeping its way into the advertising ecosystem, 
because of technological advancements that companies like TiVo have brought to the market, which is technology that without asking somebody for a survey question or recall what I watched last night, now this technology is passively collecting this data based on consumer consent, of course. You can opt out if you don't want your data to be passed back. But this data now for those that have opted to and, uh, consumers that opt to enable that data on an anonymized basis to go into a central repository that is an incredible level of intelligence that we've never had before as a marketer or an advertiser is that I can observe with a big data set and what big means is scale, right? Big is the more, the closer you get to census level, the greater the accuracy or the likelihood that you're representing truth. And what that means is a reduction of risk. And for an advertiser, when they rely on building a media plan, they wanna reduce as much risk as possible. And that risk is that my ad won't be seen. And if my ad's not seen by the target that I'm seeking, then that's waste. And we're talking about billions of dollars in the advertising ecosystem. So just a little bit of waste translates to a lot of loss in rev potential revenue and um, profits. So what TiVo did 12 years ago, which I'm very proud that I was one of the pioneers brought to a startup called TRA, which was acquired by TiVo, was to harness this technology and build this data stack of passively collected data that we can then use to inform media planning and advertising activation. Back then it was linear, today it's digital. And when I say digital, I think of what you're doing on your phone, your laptop, your iPad, as well as the big screens in your home. And I know there's you know, concerns around the ickiness of it, like when the early days with uh, emails, where you would go to search for your next vacation, and then next thing you know, all these you know, travel sites pop up in your inbox. You're like, how the hell do they know that I'm doing this? Well, you know, I, I think we all now know or have heard of cookies and, and all of that uh, fun stuff. But um, this, again, just to reiterate, the data that we have and we leverage, and one of my responsibilities is to provide that data back into the marketplace to enable marketers to be more informed and reduce that waste, not just linear, but much more so today in the digital ecosystem in a privacy controlled manner. Um, and it's incredibly exciting to see the adaptation of the use cases that are really um, getting, um, you know, lots of bringing lots of opportunities to the table in, in not just the sell side of the marketplace, but on the buy side. And I think one of the cool things about TiVo, as you mentioned earlier, is the pivots you guys have made and being always ahead of the curve, whether it was DVR or now utilizing data in pretty innovative ways. So, uh, so my question is for 2022, uh, you know, what, what do you guys have coming up that you can share? Well, I think there's, 
more excitement um, around our capabilities with our media player. So as I mentioned, we've got the stream 4K, we've got TiVo Plus um, for those that are TiVo subscribers that really coincide with some of the pain points that consumers have and things that they're looking for when it comes to video consumption. Um, you know, finding what you wanna watch, how you wanna watch it with ease, um, our products and our innovations, especially what's behind the scenes in terms of search and recommendation, you know, data fuels advancement. So machine learning is the more data points that you have and the updates that you bring in only advance your product. So our search and recommendation tools are becoming more um, advanced with the data that we're bringing forward and then enabling opportunities for advertisers to advertise on our platforms. So we um, historically haven't been a big player in providing advertisers with eyeballs um, with, from which to present their brand message. Um, but going forward this year, um, another addition besides you know, enabling content to come to the consumer screen with ease, is also on the advertiser side to be able to present their brand message and their story to our very unique and broad customer base that are maybe not see our brand name up front, but where our technology lies enables us to have those touch points and a unique audience that we can bring to marketers um, with our connected TV um, touch point. So connected TV, basically bringing um, advertising capabilities in those advertising video on demand supported services. So um, those that don't require a subscription, for example, which is a really exciting and hot topic area of 2022 for marketers is expanding beyond linear um, into these um, new uh, digital means of getting access to content, which is where we're seeing consumers migrate because um, they want more content. They don't want less, they want more. And with more comes opportunity for a marketer of touch points to deliver your brand message. So TiVo is very excited in 2022 to be um, uh, uh, bringing that capability to both marketers and consumers. Uh, Faraba, we'd love to talk about television on this on this program. We, we really do. AJ and I, we love yes. different different TV shows, and yes. we, we talk about it a lot. I, I would love to hear from you because I know TiVo does a biannual survey on video consumption trends, especially these last two years, right? People have yeah. been, I think, consuming a lot of television. What are some of those re readings or findings, if you will, that have kind of uh, shocked you from the last you know, few surveys? So, I, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's been exciting to see consumer response. So we do a survey twice a year biannually um, against 5,000 representative um, consumers across the US and ask them about their video you know, consumption across a host of different areas. And so I'm gonna ask you a question first, Vincent. Yep. How many subscription services do you subscribe to? So I probably subscribe to, I would say six. Okay. Six subscription services, yep. And 
you probably would be surprised to find out that the average today now is nine. Come on. Yes. I'm below average. Come on. You're below <laughs> Look average. Look at AJ laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm below average at the way. You're below average. I ah, You're I like, know. oh, where you, you, You'll never hear that term at a company party, Vincent. I'll never no, bring it up thank again. You. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm about to go subscribe to four more. And bring yeah, my yeah, average yeah. Up. I need motivation for your weekend, especially exactly. if you're with MLK on Monday. But, yep. um, but yeah, like um, it's actually pretty uh, humbling. Like for me, I was just like, oh my God, I'm above the average because I count and I have 11. But hey, I'm in the biz. I'm supposed yeah. to, right? Um, is so our latest uh, update is that on average consumers have about nine different subscription services, um, and that's across the U.S. across all demographic profiles, geographies. That's the average. So that has, I mean, that has gone up in probably four years from five, almost doubling. And in the last two years, like you said, Vincent, obviously these are different years. We're all at home consuming more media, which has accelerated that, that hunger and that demand. But it's also the availability and the quality of the content that's coming out. So some may think that the nine is shocking. I, I was sort of like, okay, well, I'm above average, but I expect it. But getting your feedback kind of helps to sort of level set that you may not realize that, oh my gosh, there really are a lot of options out there. Um, and so kind of right off the top, I think that is really intriguing to find out that uh, of that nine, the majority of them people are paying for. So yeah. over six are paid for subscriptions. So people are spending part of their disposable income and guess what, they're not cutting back they're spending more or they're trying some and offsetting with other subscriptions. But what's even more notable is, and that we're finding from the surveys that um, more over two and a half of those subscriptions are the free. So some may think it's shocking, think, oh, it should be weighted that people are gonna subscribe more to free, but free tends to come with advertising. So um, the, the excitement level of getting access to programming and willingness to pay for it without commercials is still there. Um, but I think one of the trends that um, was confirmed in our latest update, which is uh, hot off the presses with Q4, is that it's starting to stabilize in that consumers are willing to get advertising exposure. They, they are they're willing, yeah. as long as it comes for free. So 60% of the respondents said they'd be willing to get to be exposed to advertising as long as that content they're getting access to is free. So there's this, you know, kind of onslaught of services and programming options that have come to consumers that now they're realizing, well, if I can get that same quality and quantity through a free service, I'm willing to be exposed to advertising. So there's kind of this now shift that we're starting to see in the coming year. And I think this is where the publishers are gonna be on the hook is to bring great quality content to those viewers in a paid, in a free environment, in an ad supported environment. Because 
we are seeing that consumers are overloaded with lots of content to watch. And one of the other findings is, and a pain point discovered, is that it's getting hard to find what they want to watch. And it's a lot of that has to do with, you know, you've got, you know, six services that you subscribe to, right, Vincent? Mm -hmm. So you've got to go into each app every time to try to find. And one of the things that TiVo's done is try to bring all the different content across those apps into one screen to make it easier for you to watch. So that that's sort of how we're trying to get past the pain point, but it's still there. Um, and you know, another thing you'd be surprised to hear is how many hours of, of video do you think you watch a day? So me, not my four-year-old. Uh, so I would, <laughs> yeah, say, four-year-old. <laughs> I would say me, maybe I know, which I should limit, but I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, but I, I would say a video, maybe three hours a day, four hours. Am I below um, average again? Please don't tell I can't take it if I'm below <laughs> average again. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. please do share. I'm sorry, but it's it. It's four and a half hours on average. Ah, this is AJ's happiest episode because you know, you know it's, it turns out not only can you not read, apparently you can't watch videos. Either. I can't watch. I know it's like the not reading is from another. It's a recurring theme. I know, but oh, that's uh, below average. Now, yeah, um, well, that's the name of the episode. Vincent is below average. <laughs> Hopefully your listeners are not going to have that as the main takeaway today. We want them to think about, you know, how they can compare themselves, but also spin it on that equals opportunity for marketers, right? There's a lot of time in the day that the average consumer is on their screen and connected that is an opportunity to reach them. And that amount of time hasn't changed. That's actually been consistent with Mm. each survey that we've been doing over the last few years. So it's about four and a half hours a day. And, you know, believe it or not, 70% of people are still getting access to that video through a traditional cable provider. So a pay TV operator, you know, it's a big misconception because the buzz and when we talk about it is, oh, everybody's cut the cord and nobody's watching live TV anymore. That's not true because what we find is that live TV demand is being driven by you want to watch your local programs, you want to get to your local news, and more importantly, you want to get to your sports. You want to get to your sports. You want to see them when you want. You don't want to record it or watch it delay. Um, and plus that experience on the big screen is what we all want. So, so that's some of the surprising stuff. And I think that what we're seeing as we head into 2022, given some of the stuff that I just kind of touched on is that consumers are not going to cut back on what they how much they want to watch but what they want is an easier way to get to all of that content and that's where the opportunities lie for cable providers for rebundling um, people who have cable like your are an rcn customer you talked to us in the beginning and said you're you're really happy with your service well guess what the yep. majority of people are happy the prices have come down it's just now we want to get more bundling, meaning more stuff into one subscription that just makes it easier. You know, we're humans. We want to get things, We're you know, plus New Yorkers, right? We're running, right? We want yep. things Yes, I got no time for this. Um, and so finding what you want to watch in a, a format that doesn't require as much time and energy 
is really what consumers are demanding right now. And using voice control uh, is, it makes that easier and faster to do. So some of those are some of the key highlights that we've nice. And then you also you know, helped answer my other question because I am not a cord cutter. I also, I have a variety of different solutions even though I'm below average there. I'm really tall by the way. <laughs> listeners so i'm above average in some area anyway but, uh, so cable so cable's not dead it's not no dead. no, no it's not big misconception is it going through a transformation 100 percent. so is everything we're all going through a transformation in this day and age i mean look at you know where what we're contending with with working from home on a regular basis it's going through a transformation and technology is forced that that is what makes us, those challenges are what makes us more creative. And we rise to the occasion and develop means to, uh, you know, overcome these obstacles and create and innovate. And that's what's next for the cable industry, just as it has been for the advertising ecosystem and media in total. And before, I, yeah, I know AJ's chomping at the bit. The reason I'm below average in video consumption is because I'm very busy working at Starista and servicing my partners. So thank you very much. AJ, I, I throw it over to you. I, I feel like uh, the podcast is, uh, has reached a high already, Vincent. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about it. Um, it was a group of parents and we were discussing how many times can a person watch Encanto over and over so <laughs> my, my three-year-old daughter has I, th I think we watch it every single day now yeah <laughs> that's vivo for me yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah back to the podcast so one of our staple questions is uh, around LinkedIn um, and we ask this for every guest so I'm sure with your title you get a lot of messages that are unsolicited and so our question is, you know, what's a message that gets a response from you? And what's a message that really annoys you or is a pet peeve? Well, I would say what, you know, timing is everything. And I think that's really where, you know, timing meaning what's kind of at the top of my list of something I need to address or a question that's on the table as it is with, with everyone, right? You, you've got um, evolving issues and areas you're trying to address. So a lot of times it's a matter, I think, of um, an endemic message and outreach, one that's more high, highly personalized or much more personalized than some of the others, which are this general, um, hello, my name is, and I run the da-da-da, and we have this that we think you'll like, and it has no tie-in with my you know, my organization or roles and responsibilities. So I think that um, it, it, when it, the next thing that it does is if it ties in with an industry trend or something that's pressing uh, ongoing in my, again, endemic space, which is in the planning and activation of advertising in the digital ecosystem, you know, helping marketers, um, avoid that or reduce that waste. And I think doing more research on individuals and their companies and building that as part of the outreach or the messaging um, is really important and critical. Um, so the, the, the more generic, and, I, and this, some of this just sounds like a duh, 
but I, I think when it comes to actual execution, it's really important. Um, and so those are the things that really, when I think of LinkedIn, um, it, I see messages coming in my feed that um, really pique my interest when it has to do with something that is happening in, um, or is a, a follow-up to an article or something that was recently released and it's a follow-up opinion or perspective. I think those are also really interesting um, just to kind of see what people are thinking, which I you know, embrace all of that and bring that into my day-to-day. And then kind of, uh, you know, we have to ask you this because you come from the uh, uh, TiVo world is what are some of the shows that you're watching and enjoy? Oh, gosh, AJ, I don't think we have enough time for that. <laughs> but, uh, part two uh, of the podcast coming up. That's yeah, the next part episode. two. Let's go. Give us your my, top hundred. Yeah, my top hundred. Exactly. That's what people ask me, like, what's your favorite? I'm like, I, I can't possibly tell you. So I'll tell you what I'm watching now that I just finished that was awesome. And it may not be for everybody, but Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Heard awesome. of it. Yeah. Juliette Lewis. Un, yeah, but the best part about it, and I think Vincent, you would like this, is the soundtrack. It goes back, like, it's like 80s, like all the greatest 80s songs ever. I love it. Little Chicago mixed in there. Little, uh, that's great. Oh, like, ballads. you know, Depeche Mode. There's like all these like great stuff. <laughs> all so, right. um, nice. I just finished that. So it's top of mind and it was fantastic. But other shows, Yellowstone, Mayor of Kingstown, um uh oh gosh i'm gonna i'm a beverly hills housewife so i'm stoked that miami is back and i've been watching that on peacock um to give you a, a little sense of variety yeah. so i like dark stuff but i also like cheesy reality stuff um rupaul's drag race is fantastic watch the uk a season two is amazing um and uh yeah i think those are the ones that are the most the most recent but i can go through a full reel on another episode <laughs> that's amazing i just finished season four of cobra kai talk about <laughs> cheesy 80s songs mixed in there my wife made me watch emily in paris which i enjoyed actually she but it's uh, that was actually pretty good but oh, okay. that's great. So uh, as we wrap up here, tell us what you truly love. Now, look, you said about my energy, your passion shines through with what you do. That's clear. And I hope the listeners could see it when we put this on YouTube and, all, and, and hear it when we uh, put the episode up. But what is some of the favorite parts about your work? I would say it's the innovative side. I love the ability to take what we have and work within an organization that's been incredibly supportive of innovation and, you know, invest in, you know, where are, where is that next opportunity? Um, or how can I evolve, for example, our data product and applications and meet you know, rise with the tide in what's happening in the market. And I, I think that we all need to be able to put our, our footprint or our stamp into everything that we do. And having that ability to, you know, not just work within a box, but, you know, shape that box as we, as we go forward is, is really the most uh, exciting. But I would have to say, being on the marketing stairs probably 
the best. I, I love it. I love it. You know, it's, it's a new, a new shining moment. We appreciate that. Uh, Farah, but last question, the, you, you know, watching all those great shows there, but what else do you like to do in your spare time? I, I'm a, um, a really have been a uh, fitness enthusiast, so it sounds really lame and boring, but I love it. Um, cycling, running, um, all that stuff when I have time, that's what I put more into. Um, but I'm also a live music um, enthusiast. Uh, we have a great concert hall where I live called the Paramount. And um, I am a, a member and uh, I try to get out and see as many shows and comedy acts and all that as I can. So I'm an entertainment junkie. Nice. Well, what's the first concert you're going back to? Did you get any tickets yet? Um, I recently saw the Stone Temple Pilots. They just uh, toured through. Oh, wow. Um, awesome um and a local band that's very popular had a one-hit wonder called the bogman um we have chelsea handler coming through town yeah. um, so uh, really excited for that too yeah chelsea's coming to my hometown i live in uh, the city of course but chelsea's coming to portchester new york at the capitol theater i'm going to get my wife tickets for that so that's a surprise she doesn't listen to the podcast but it's <laughs> uh yeah but i'm gonna get that. it for, for that so that that's awesome this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here at the Marketing Stir. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an amazing episode. That is Faraba Zamanian. She's the VP of Advanced Media and Advertising at TiVo. I hope you learned a lot. I sure did. That's AJ Gupta. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. This has been another episode of the Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.